Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Breaking news, breaking news. Uh, I heard somebody mentioning uh, on, on the drive-in this morning that uh, this is called a chaos presidency. <laughs> yeah, I think that that sort of does fit. It is an apt kind of appellation. Uh, so uh, the breaking news is, it was announced just uh, 15, 20 minutes ago at the most, that uh, Trump has sent a letter to Kim Jong-un saying, uh, well, I guess, I guess we're not meeting anymore. Uh, but leaving open uh, that if Kim Jong-un wants to start speaking in a more placid tone again, uh, that um, we might, we being the U.S., might deign to meet with him. So there goes the Nobel Peace Prize. Dang! It was so close! There goes all those photo ops. I can't imagine who got to Trump and said, you got to do this. Actually, it could just be a negotiating ploy, too, to get, since he was getting played, to get uh, Kim Jong-un to uh, come groveling back and uh, asking for the the summit. I don't know. And you know what? I'm not enjoying this chaos presidency. I don't know about you. But I just, I I don't like being jerked around. I was going to say on a daily basis, but that's not it, on an hourly basis. And this isn't even the big news today, or maybe it is now. But the big news, of course, is this meeting coming up at noon where the Justice Department has sort of capitulated. And that I, I can't keep up anymore. And I know, and, and anybody who can keep up anymore is, and is not actively involved in I guess either covering the administration or in it. I don't understand why you would be wasting your life <laughs> in this way because you don't have to keep up on the specifics day to day. You already have come to a determination, I'm willing to uh, bet, about this chaos presidency. And to try to keep up is uh, a full-time job, and it's it's a 24-7 job. And it's emotionally debilitating, and you feel morally corrupted. It's, it's all in all a negative <laughs> and destructive experience. And I am again telling you that I am starting to pull back myself. I can't, and I won't. I will keep on top of it as much as I need to, but I'll be damned if I'm going to be sitting with rapt attention uh, cataloging every twist and turn, every 180, every slanderous remark, every absurd 
tweet. I, I'm just not going to. Can't do it. And it ain't good for you either. That being said, um, I had mentioned this yesterday, but I'll just reiterate it. Although iterate means the same thing. It's one of those words. Somebody asked me yesterday on the phone. He said, irregardless. And he said, or should that have been regardless? And I said, as far as I know, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they mean the exact same thing. Irregardless and regardless which tells you that the longer word does not need to exist. Irregardless, if in fact it is synonymous with regardless, is just what? Was the I and the R feeling left out? And so they said, we need to be at the front of that one, irregardless. And the same for, you know, whatever. I just said, I can't even remember. Uh, here's my uh, my favorite email of yesterday, although I just saw it today. This is from Jay Josie, who said, I wasn't able to live stream your show on Monday, so I just now listened to it. <laughs> okay, so this is like oh, almost, well, this is oh, four days old. You said you didn't know the lyrics to La Cucaracha. You know, and I'm tr I'm sitting here thinking, I vaguely remember saying La Cucaracha, and, and I thought, what the hell was I singing La Cucaracha for? And then I actually remembered. It was about that despicable attorney in New York who had been screaming and threatening to call ICE on those people that were speaking Spanish in a restaurant, and who now has a, uh, a, a, a band uh, outside his uh, apartment building playing La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. Da, 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 da. And that's what I, I don't know the words. So anyway, Josie, upon hearing that, said this. I took eight years of Spanish, and from year one, we sang La Cucaracha. Although, all through high school, she says, I had the same Spanish teacher, a sweet old lady whose white hair was held up with a large comb. My senior year, I took AP Spanish with her. She told the AP class that we had earned the privilege to know the real words to La Cucaracha. And I thought you would get a kick out of them. Uh, she quickly says, I have to say, although I've remembered the lyrics below for the past 45 years, I'll be damned if I can remember the old lyrics that we had sung for so many years previously. So the lyrics she's given me are the ones that the AP teacher, uh, as seniors, let them in on. Now, she's got them in Spanish, but I don't, I don't know. La cucaracha, la cucaracha, ya no puedo caminar, porque no tiene, porque la falta, marihuana, por favor. Okay, so here is the translation. The cockroach... The cockroach. La Cucaracha is a cockroach? I thought it was a dance. Oh, my God. The cockroach, the cockroach, can no longer walk because he doesn't have, because he lacks marijuana to smoke. 
That's from the sweet little old lady Spanish AP teachers with the comb holding up her white hair. I, I find that an extremely reliable source. The cockroach, the cockroach can no longer walk. I don't understand these lyrics because he doesn't have, because he lacks. Marijuana por fumor, marijuana to smoke. <laughs> All right, Josie, that's my that's my favorite. Uh, great. Um, oh, and she also uh, uh, mentioned a, her her favorite tweet of of I guess Monday uh, was somebody was saying that the. Uh, the goddess that is, in fact, the, uh, what, the volcano uh, at in Kilauea, well, I don't know, if, I, I'm sorry, this is what happens when you don't listen to news or watch news, you don't know how to pronounce place names. My, so I did see an, uh, a tweet, and I think I re-tweeted uh, it, uh, something that, according to uh, ancient tradition, uh, the uh, lava bombs, the lava flow, the eruption will only be uh, stopped if a sitting president is sacrificed to the volcano. <laughs> no, and they didn't mean the sitting president of the local rotary. They meant the sitting president of the U.S. of A., so there you have it. Also, did I get around to saying I'm not here tomorrow? I, I, I think that's what I was trying to say and then somehow got into La Cucaracha. So I'm not here uh, tomorrow. I've, I've got a plane to catch. And uh, I will uh, I will hope to be back on, on Tuesday. That's a plan, okay? Uh, but. Okie doke. So... Ah. Chaos. I thought this uh, former NFL player, uh, a guy named Sage Rosenfels, what kind of a name is that? Sage for a guy? I mean, all the names that are uh, spices or um, herbs. Aren't they all female names? All right, let us think. Rosemary. I would think Sage. Pa Do you know anyone named Parsley? <laughs> Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. But, I mean, aren't there, er, well, maybe Paprika. I knew a Pap. No, I didn't. So I guess there aren't a lot of, but Sage? Uh, okay, that doesn't sound like a guy's name to me, but, you know, in this day and age, when, you know, everything's thrown out the window where things aren't just either this or that, that I guess things aren't just male or female anymore, so Sage is a guy's name, and in fact, he's a former NFL quarterback. Who knew? Sage Rosenfels, which sounds vaguely Jewish, too. A Jewish former NFL quarterback named Sage? All of this is very odd. But anyway, I'm looking at a picture of him, and uh, he apparently played for somebody or other. 
Um, he got this about right. He said this. This is, this is just totally it. He, he tweeted this regarding the NFL's decision yesterday, this, this absurd decision yesterday that next season, the coming season, that players have to uh, stand respectfully during the national anthem. Although they're given an out, they can choose to stay in the locker room uh, if they cannot see themselves standing respectfully for the national anthem. Um, and I guess players that somehow flout this new rule uh, will uh, find that their teams uh, will be fined uh, for their behavior. And I guess teams now set up their own rules uh, in relation to this uh, rule promulgated by the NFL ownership. Anyway, this guy, Sage, says this. And it's so clearly what it's all about. Forced patriotism is the opposite of freedom. Think about it. There it is in a nutshell. Forced patriotism is the opposite of freedom. And since so this is a country whose very bedrock principles are about individual liberty and freedom to force people to behave in a certain way, supposedly to show their respect for the flag is so un-American on its face that if a person doesn't see that, then they don't even get the basic, basic bedrock principles, the fundamentals of what America is about. Forced patriotism. It's sort of, it's not unlike, and this has happened to everybody in their life as a kid, where you are told, you apologize to your fill-in-the-blank brother, sister, father, mother. You apologize. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. Is, is that a really an Anything forced to me has no meaning at all. At all. It's farce. Force equals farce. So, forced patriotism is the opposite of freedom. And then Sage went on to say, hey, you know what's really interesting reading? The U.S. flag code. That was established in the 1940s. The U.S. flag code. And it says this. 
the flag should never be used as wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery. The flag should never be used for advertising purposes in any way whatsoever. Did you hear that last one? The flag should never be used for advertising purposes in no, in any way whatsoever. And yet the NFL regularly sells merchandise with the flag intertwined with all kinds of NFL things, with a player's number, with the NFL itself. And so the NFL is in constant, constant dereliction, direct violation of the U.S. flag code. But let's not let facts like that get in the way of us having a hissy fit about mostly, overwhelmingly, black football players expressing their outrage over the fact that they and others who look like them are being killed <clears throat> willy-nilly by law enforcement officers in this country. That's what it was all about initially, right? Right? So anyway, this is just from Sage Rosenfels. He says about the flag code, this is really a great read. And I recommend it to everyone who has an opinion about NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. Forced patriotism is the opposite of freedom. It's much the same that the um, ACLU said. Where are you, ACLU? I thought I had your stuff right here. But they essentially said the same thing. I mean, of course. It's a meaningless display. The, the taking a knee was actually a meaningful display. So this is really, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, here's a Philadelphia Eagle, Chris Long. He said, uh, this is the reason behind it. He said, this is a fear of a diminished bottom line. That's all this is about. It's also fear of a president turning his base against these corporations. This is not in any way patriotism. It has nothing to do with patriotism. It has something to do with jingoism. That's my addition. It has nothing to do with patriotism. Don't get it confused, says Chris Long. These owners don't love America more than the players demonstrating and taking real action to improve America. 
the patriots in this picture, Chris Long is saying, are the players demonstrating and using their God-given, fundamentally American as well, rights to express their outrage, to seek redress of their grievances. These are lines from our founding documents. Nowhere in the founding documents do you find, and you must stand for the national anthem. The cowardice of these NFL owners is an outrage. The um, uh, Steelers uh, owners in particular have totally caved on this. And, uh, you know, they're worried about a boycott if, you know, the yahoos who don't understand what America is about stop going to football games. Well, I got news for them. There's a there's a boycott definitely surging on my side of the field here. Which is I will have nothing to do with this organization. I mean, it was already starting obviously with the with the uh CTE CTE, right? With the fact that this is a gladiator sport in which young men are brutalize brutalize each other for our entertainment and we now know that in future years they will suffer mightily for having given us this entertainment their brains will look like swiss cheese before they reach 50 they will go quietly mad they may become violent They may commit suicide. And this is this game we love. And again, I always speak as somebody who is an owner. I'm one of the owners. An owner of a football team, the Green Bay Packers. Unbelievable. They let themselves be bullied by Trump and they are showing such extraordinary cowardice and also greed. Not a fine hour. Okay, let's get to these emails that are coming in. Mark writes, uh, this is from Jason Kander, patriotism is not about making everyone stand and salute the flag. Patriotism is about making this a country where everyone wants to. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Patriotism is not about making everyone stand and salute the flag. That is absolutely an empty gesture. 
patriotism is about making this a country where everyone wants to stand and salute the flag. Oh, thank you, Milt. This is who I was. That, this is what I was looking for. The Jets owner. I've got it here somewhere in, in my usual rubble of uh, of ink. Oh, here it is. I do have it. I just didn't turn it over. Thank you. Uh, the owner of the Jets uh, has said this. Thank you. Uh, by the name, his name is Christopher Johnson. I do not like imposing any club-specific rules. If somebody on the Jets takes a knee, that fine will be borne by the organization, by me, not the player. I never want to put restrictions on the speech of our players. Do I prefer they stand? Of course. But I understand if they felt the need or feel the need to protest. There are some big, complicated issues that we're all struggling with, and our players are on the front lines. I don't want to come down on them like a ton of bricks, and I won't. There will be no club fines or suspensions of any sort or any repercussions. If the team gets fined, that's just something I'll have to bear. Indeed. Uh, so that was... And he, by the way, they said this was a unanimous vote. He abstained uh, in the vote. We have a call. Hello, caller. Hi, Lynn. This is uh, Jeff. Uh, for the, doing that and taking a stand. Uh, it, it, you know, you got to admire somebody willing to do that. But uh, also, it, I think um, this is kind of getting a little bit lost in the whole patriotism uh, argument, also because you know, at, at its core, it's it's you know. It's Republicans telling Black America to, to sit down and shut up. That's right. And you know, That's not right. protest, not speak out about anything. So I mean, and I think that's getting lost a little bit in it. You know what? You yeah, know, as you as you say that, it occurs to me that again, there's always strength in numbers, and that if all yeah. of the black players, and I think they constitute yeah. what seventy seventy five percent of the NFL, if all of the yeah. black pair, play, players simply refused, Did that, yeah. what would the NFL yeah. do? Huh? What would it yeah. do? Nothing. Nothing. They couldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, but that's, that's at, its, at its root, you know. Did you see, I think, uh, was it Pence? after the announcement, like, posted on Twitter or something, uh, winning. Yes, yes. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like, it was some kind yeah. of, like, big game to him or something yeah. like that. That was just, like, absolutely repulsive. Well, repulsive uh, is um, the word. I mean, that's a word that replies to almost every action or statement that comes out of this administration. Yeah. It's true. Unbelievable. But thank, well, thank you. Yep, thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay, Bye -bye. thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, Lynn writes, killing blacks by law enforcement is the modern-day version of lynching. It's sickening. Henry writes, the issue with kneeling during the national anthem had died down halfway through last season. That's true, it did. It was likely not going to be an issue this coming season. 
the NFL, in adopting the policy, resurrected the issue when simply letting it drop would have sufficed. It certainly would have been better. It's true. This just ratchets it all up again. By adopting this policy, Henry writes, they have essentially challenged the players to demonstrate in other ways. Oh, that's the thing I wanted to talk about. So because the they, the NFL policy, simply states that you have to stand, and if you're not willing to stand, you're... But it seems to me, I read, it must have been in the local paper, that um, Art Rooney of the Steeler ownership said that he named an, an, a bunch of other behaviors that the Steelers intend to uh, make verboten. And uh, that would be a raised fist. So you can see somebody standing out there, because they were told they had to, and doing this. Uh-uh. Steelers are saying, you got to stand, you can't raise your fist, and you can't lock arms. Who knew? Now, what about us in the stands? Eh? I'd sure like to see some profiles and courage in the stands. People sitting. People kneeling. People walking out. Whatever. I really would. And as I've said before, the the militarization of sporting events is disgusting to me. And this shouldn't, it shouldn't even be an issue. And I have said, and I thank Colin Kaepernick and the other brave members of the NFL for, for, for focusing me on this issue because I mean from the bottom of my heart that I choke now on the words of our national anthem. The land of the free. Ha! Think of it! The land of the free, as we're all standing here, forced to stand here. The land of the free and the home of the brave. If there are brave in this picture at all, they are the ones taking a knee. They're the ones living the American ideal. And all of these ignorant people born into the freedoms of this country, but not understanding anything about what they mean. But they're in full-throated, full-throated power now with their president in the White House. And man, they're destroying things left and right. This could lead ultimately to the uh, destruction of the NFL. It could, one way or the other. And you can thank Donald Trump again 
for politicizing it. Extraordinary. We have another call. Hi, caller. Hey, Lynn. Yeah? George from Moon. Hi. Fine. Uh, I used to be your wisdom coast, but I think you've migrated to other (laughs) other areas. Okay. Uh, You've got a serious subject here. I agree with you completely. And as a an Air Force and a Vietnam veteran, uh, I got to say that this is NFL complete obnoxious, ridiculous, anti-American behavior. Right. Um, it's bad enough that they screwed up on the CTE of the health of their players, but now they think they can dominate their free expression under the First yeah. Amendment. Yeah. Uh, they further think that they, because their players are employees of them, that they can gauge, control, modify their behavior. And, uh, <laughs> and they'll probably do it, because Americans are really a nation of sheep. And uh, the, the, uh, the businesses will continue to buy season tickets uh, to entertain their clients, possible clients. The, the fans, the real fanatics, will continue to come, and they will follow the NFL into the brink, you know, of, um, of chastising their very own players. Yeah. Well, I hope um, the players figure out a way to come together and uh, stand I mean, stand, stand yeah. up in a real way. Yes, not right. forced stand. Um, I I hope so. It's just such an awful but, uh, display. Here's, here's a little thing pertaining to the history on this, because I looked this up when this came up originally, what over a year ago. Yeah. Kaepernick. Did yeah. This. yeah. 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 I looked it up, and uh, guess where it started? <laughs> this patriotic military insertion into uh, sports, public sports. Um, It came in the form of baseball in Ohio, where a small hometown team um, had, uh, was was not getting along well with paying some of their bills and their sponsorships, and they're trying to come up with creative ways to draw uh, fans to come and pay uh, and attend the games. And what they thought they would try once would be holding up the flag and singing the Star Spangled Banner. And sure as hell, people turned out. And so they carried that on, and they repeated it, and the crowds grew. And so that was, very simply put, the beginning of inserting <laughs> national patriotism and military recognition, which came even later, yeah, after World War One uh, and World War Two, they upped the ante. So it, now, yeah, it's marketing. So, but it started. <laughs> this all started with the impetus of raising crowds and making yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, I think it's the same thing again. Yeah. And they will do anything to keep a billion-dollar sports, multi-billion-dollar sports business go. They will. In
inflict harm on their players, and they will inflict um, anti-American attitudes against their players and fans, for that matter. Uh, no one should be forced to stand and do some prescribed corporate bowing and scraping. No, And I, as a veteran, not. would say that to anyone, and my fellow veterans, too, that they should look at this and say, is this what you served? The yeah, US this is what you fought for? for. Exactly. This is what you fought yeah, for. Yeah, this is not Unbelievable. what we served this country for. Right. Not at all. Thank you. That's all I got to say. I Thank appreciate you. it, George. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, Dorothea says, there exists legislation passed by a number of states requiring public school students be provided the opportunity to recite the Pledge of Allegiance each school day. However, students cannot be forced to say the pledge, nor even stand for it. Seems to me the NFL could have taken a lesson from this. Well, let me tell you something. If you're the kid who doesn't, that requires courage. Uh, most people always go along. They don't like sticking out. Um, so for a kid to refuse takes extraordinary courage. And I don't even think the, they should be put in, in the position of having to muster it or... Oh, I don't know. Uh, and just back to an earlier topic. <laughs> Sorry, Brooke, I just got to you. Uh, most dictionaries list irregardless as non-standard or incorrect usage. So if it's incorrect, why is it even in a dictionary? And recommend that regardless be used instead. Yeah. The prefix er means not. So actually, irregardless would then turn regardless inside out. It changes the meaning of the word regardless. So not only is it not a standard word, but it's also misused in nearly all cases. So irregardless would be the opposite of regardless, but the fact is the word irregardless, which has appeared in print as early as 1795, uh, as it's just ridiculous. And, uh, by the way, Brooke says the spell checker was really giving her trouble every time she wrote it, irregardless. Kept knocking it off and putting regardless in. Don't you hate that, though, when you're actually trying to type something that you know and the, and, and the computer decides that what you're saying is incorrect when you know full well it's exactly the word I want? Do we have a call? Caller? Hello? Okay, Lynn, it's yeah. George again. Uh, I wanted to insert one last statement on this. There's a parallel in this edict from the uh, the NFL about you can stay in the locker room if you if you have a protest. Yeah. And that is in school prayer. Yes. Well, that's what we uh, were just talking prayer. about. Well, well, we were talking about that after your call that a lot of kids with the Pledge of Allegiance or school prayer are told they do not have to participate. Well, here's the, here's the mechanics of it. This is what they said. It's exactly like the NFL. It was that kids who did not want to participate in the state-orchestrated prayer, okay, uh, you know, you Jewish kids, you agnostic right. kids, you atheist kids, you right. can leave the room and go elsewhere yeah. while we conduct this. That was the solution. Well, that's a ridiculous. That the school system.
systems adhere to, which is exactly what the NFL is doing here. You can stay in the locker room if you are so inclined to not. Well, I was just saying, George, I was just saying that that requires a great deal of uh, courage from a student. Yeah, and that's why the court said you cannot force this on kids and and be mistreating them of segregating them and putting them in another room because they didn't adhere to the Christian right. prayer being recited. Exactly. And I just And that's what's going on here. I if you want to protest <laughs> American policy, you're you're gonna hey, go in the in the closet in the you know yeah, yeah. and stay. You're a second class employee. It's just it's just incredible. It's incredible it's how people don't get it. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Bye. Um Oh and Sage Rosenfels uh, Milton has sent me another thing he tweeted I hope the NFL decides to completely stop all concession stand sales during the anthem. <laughs> it's disrespectful to be buying a hot dog and a beer. You should be standing with your hand over your heart, right? We wouldn't want, says Sage, we wouldn't want people buying a $10 beer and an $8 hot dog during our sacred anthem. All television camera crews must stop filming and direct their attention to the flag, too. I mean, really, just seems fair. And that's Sage Rosenfels. Sounds good. Oh, and here's the ACLU statement I couldn't find before. Uh, Protest is not supposed to be comfortable. It's not supposed to happen in the shadows. It's supposed to disrupt. Patriotism is demanding America uphold the ideals it was founded on. Equality and justice for all. Patriotism is pledging allegiance to democratic values, not to symbols or songs. Patriotism is dissent. I think we can talk till we're blue in the face and the people who don't get it just don't get it. I haven't uh, brought this up much, but um, I, as you know, Planned Parenthood has been under uh, constant attack um, for the last 50 years. But that attack has grown and grown and grown, and under the current iteration of uh, the Republican Party, it has become one of the favorite uh, favorite actions is to destroy Planned Parenthood. And something is happening in Washington right now that could very well finally do it. And those are rules, they're proposed rules at this point put out by uh, Health and Human Services But if these rules are put through, 
Planned Parenthood as, as it exists would cease. And what that is, the proposed rule would prohibit Title X funding for Planned Parenthood. And understand, first of all, Title X funding, here's what it is. It was put in place in 1970. It is a federal program that gives aid to poorer families and poorer people in this country who are uninsured but who do need family planning services. And family planning services are birth control, right? Birth control. It's how women are able to control their own fertility. And Pennsylvania, you might not know this, has the third largest group of Title X patients in the country. I'm going to go out on a limb here and imagine that the others might be California, New York, just by virtue of their size. But there are states that are a lot bigger, Texas, I don't know. We're number three in the number of people, women especially, who get their health care because of Title X funds. And do you know in Pennsylvania how many of those women get that health care at Planned Parenthood? Thirty-six percent. Over one-third. So we are talking about an incredible number of women, low income, many mothers with children who can't afford any more children, who want to maintain control over their fertility, and thus come to Planned Parenthood for contraception. And for other things like uh, screenings for sexually transmitted diseases, uh, their gynecological examinations. A lot of women, that's the only thing they do. They go to, a, they go to a Planned Parenthood once a year and they get checked. Their blood pressure is this, their gynecological stuff, and they get pills or other devices that will ensure that they will not get pregnant. Millions of American women. The Trump administration is now proposing that Title X money cannot be spent at Planned Parenthood. Well, <laughs> where are those women supposed to go?
There are already laws that prevent Planned Parenthood from using any federal or state monies to provide abortion services. <coughs> so this proposed rule is not going to have any impact on that. It is only going to hurt the well-being of poor women, lower-income women, who, without access to Planned Parenthood, may find themselves, guess what, with an unwanted pregnancy. The stupidity of this is beyond belief. So the very program, the very entity that keeps these women from seeking an abortion is Planned Parenthood. The way this works is these rule changes is that now there will be, uh, they have to pr put the rule forward, then there's a period in which people comment, and we'll need to hear from your, you in that period. I'll give you a heads up when you need to pepper your folks in Congress not to let this stand. If it goes through, It'd go through probably in about four or five months, five months. That's the end of Planned Parenthood. That's the end of health care for literally millions of low-income American women. Think of the ter Planned Parenthood. What's so horrible about that? <laughs> huh? the ability not to have your body uh, decide what's going on. No, you control your body. Gail Collins in the New York Times today talks about how ironic it is that this serial uh, adulterer the president, is waging this virtual war on birth control. He's put in place, also at Health and Human Services, people who don't even believe in birth control to be the head of family planning. He tried to eliminate the rule that employers do not have to cover contraceptives. And as I said, he's got this woman now in place who decides that the only method that should be used to uh, do family planning is frankly not having sex. The only thing they're going to teach our, our teenagers is don't do it. We know how well that works. And now 
totally gunning for Planned Parenthood. Which is the provider of birth control and health care to millions of poor American women. Unbelievable. Oh boy. Is there anything is there anything happy happening? I don't think so. Doesn't look like it. Oh yeah. Last night I had the uh privilege of seeing a documentary film. Uh it was a screening before it's rolling itself out in theaters nationwide. And that will be, uh, I believe, June 6th. And I want to recommend it now. I got this. I got this button there. The name of the documentary is "Won't You Be My Neighbor," and it is the documentary that uh, Joanne Rogers, when she was here, talked about. Uh, the documentary that was done by the uh, Oscar-winning documentarian who did. I always want to say 40 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet back from stardom. What is the name of that? It's about the backup singers. I think that just won the Academy Award two years ago. He was at this event last night along with another, uh, with the, one of the producers of the film, uh, Yo-Yo Ma's son, who I met and is a delightful person. This... I got to tell you, after it was over, I was left in my seat in a state of, <laughs> I was almost sobbing, to be reminded of the goodness and the impact of that most wondrous of men, Fred Rogers. There was nothing to do but weep. I mean, you laugh, too, but to be reminded, to see the f his mission, his ministry, to see him back down the Congress on Capitol Hill as he did. Um, wow, just wow. And it occurred to me this morning, because I, I, I emailed... Joanne to thank her for inviting uh, me and, um, and what occurred to me that seems so odd is that I the documentary does take up this constant absurd rumor that has plagued Fred Rogers for his life and beyond and that is that he used to be he was a Navy SEAL in the Vietnam War that he had more kills than like any other Navy SEAL, that the reason he always wore the sweaters and the long sleeves is because he was heavily tattooed. <laughs> well, the the documentary puts the kibosh on all of that. It, it shows him swimming at the PAA, and there ain't no tattoos. Um, and I was... Th 
it, what's so funny about it is to know him, or just you know him when you see him, uh, is he was the gentlest of men. But what the documentary reminds you of is even though he was the gentlest of men, he was the most singular, singularly fierce warrior for children. And just because the outward thing was, was this gentle giant, you see in the documentary the fierceness. The, the heart he brought, but the fierceness of his need to protect children. It's, it, it's, it's simply wonderful, okay? Just had to tell you that. Yes, Milton, we do know Trump canceled the summit. Um, although, again, with Trump, just wait. I mean, who the hell knows if it's on or off? It looks off at this point. And Chuck writes, right alongside the attacks on Planned Parenthood, Trump just recently and quietly signed an executive order that rolls back hard-fought victories for women in the workplace. Trump revoked the 2014 Fair Pay and Safe Workplaces order. Oh, yeah, because... I don't know about you, but I would not be in favor of fair pay or workplace safety. So anything that says that, you damn well bet we're getting rid of it. That's an order that Obama put in place to ensure that companies comply with 14 labor laws and civil rights laws. And he has rolled it back. The fair pay order included two rules that impacted women, paycheck transparency and a ban on forced arbitration clauses for sexual harassment, sexual assault, or discrimination claims. Say goodbye to all of it. This dovetails also with the Supreme Court ruling the other day, 5-4. Thank you, Neil Gorsuch, who wrote the uh, opinion that forces uh, employees into arbitration, which invariably fines for their employer and pretty much destroys the ability of workers to get together and do class action suits. Little by little, they are giving every bit of power to the corporations. And you and me and the littlest of the little people be damned. And Barbara asked, did I see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary? No, I have not yet, but I certainly will. Oh, dear. All right, guys, so that's uh, that's the lay of the land uh, at this moment. Um, I don't know what to say. Let me just say this. I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a, a good uh, weekend and uh
Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.